0: Welcome to the All Things Real Estate Podcast with our very own Josh Barker. With more than 20 years of experience and over 5,000 properties sold, Josh brings a unique perspective to the real estate market. Let's get started.
1: So it's June 2023, okay. right? And for the last year plus, it's been the same like discussion in real estate. The yeah. irresistible force Yep. of low inventory meets the immovable object of high interest rates. Yeah, And they've been just pitted against each other. But in June of 2023, there is a new topic that's actually kind of risen to the top, right? Bubble sorted all the way to the top. And that's insurance.
0: Yeah, you're right. Insurance is, uh, yeah, it's a big issue right now. So you're right. We've got um, uh, inventory that's still tight. Yeah, have interest rates that are pretty high. And now our latest addition to the family is higher um, insurance costs. So I know that there's like uh, Allstate left last year.
1: Yeah. And then I think state farm just announced they're leaving or they left. Yeah. They left. Well, they're not writing new policies. Okay. And then AAA left, but came back.
0: Yeah. My understanding is they got some approvals here recently uh, with some rate increases that they were working to get through the state. But what's, what was, why, why, why are all these insurance companies leaving the,
1: you know,
0: most were populated state? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. No. Um, Well, from my understanding, and I've been doing some research on this, essentially what it came down to is that uh, back in 1988 or so, um, the California uh, voters voted that the state insurance commissioner uh, would be required to approve of any requested rate hikes by the insurance companies. And it's been a while since they've been able to, these larger, uh, I would consider them to be like legacy insurance companies, legacy brands that we're all familiar with. Uh, it's been a while since some of them received the rate hikes that they've been requesting through the state. And it's gotten to the point now where um, they're losing, they're, they're paying out more in, 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 uh, in, in losses than they're covering in fees or, or collecting in fees. And that's what's creating the problem. So they had to make a business decision. It's, uh, it's for real yeah this is happening. I remember
1: a long time ago, and I don't know if this number's accurate, but like uh way back in the day insurance it's like they they tried to pay out a dollar for every dollar four that they took in. that was kind of their business model working on like about a four percent profit margin yeah and that's a tricky it's a tricky game to play right yeah uh but you you and I were talking, and you said recently those numbers were they were really skewed, oh yeah, and it was something like for every dollar they took in they yeah, yeah. I don't,
0: I'm a little nervous to quote it cause I didn't hear it directly, but my, uh, I would say broad stroke. And this is from people that claim to know more is that let's just say for every dollar that you're collecting in fee, you're paying out a dollar 10 to a dollar 25,
1: which is uh, not a long lasting business model. No, That's, at that's all. how you go back. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and if everybody's kind of like, well, what's, what's happening, it's, you know the the state commissioner historically has taken uh, the insurance commissioner who approves these rate hikes has historically used the the data from the past to get a feel for you know what rates and policies should be charging now, right? But if you think about it in California, I mean in in the 2016, 17, 18, 19, we had some pretty significant fire seasons. Oh yeah, and there are a lot of losses that came with that. So you had you know the Napa fires, you had the Southern California fires, uh, you had the more local Paradise fire, and of course you had the Redding's car fire. Mm -hmm. And all of those um, absolutely had a tap on labor Um, and also had a tap on, um, you know, the cost for providing goods and services. Um, It had a tap on the supplies and materials and everything else. And so all these fees are going up. Now, part of it, the insurance companies were able to capture um, some of it, which was, you know, hey, we need to justify some higher rate, uh, rate hikes because the cost of construction has increased. But the cost of actually facilitating services has gone up too. You know, everybody knows that you know the minimum wages went up and everything else, right? So, um, this the administrative cost of issuing a policy has gone up. So, they've been requesting, from my understanding, for a while uh, for these rate hikes, and they've continued to be kind of pushed off. Um, and now it's at a point where the companies have had to make business decisions to say we're out. We're we're not writing new policies and. Uh, for those of you that might have some of those those insurance companies right now, I don't want to create a panic um, right now um, I mean'm I'm, I'm with one of the ones that is pulled out of California not running more policies, but they're still servicing my existing policy. Um, the concern will be will they renew me and will they renew our listeners and um, you know the next question I think after that is that when will they be back um, because it's it's creating some issues now um, there's even bigger issues that are happening because imagine if you right now were trying to get insurance on a home and you couldn't find it. That would
1: be really big. It's big. That's not something that I think the average person, when you're buying a home, you think like, Oh, insurance, my inability to get insurance premium is what's going to kill my escrow.
0: I think it was always assumed. I mean, I've never in my entire uh, adult career ever thought of insurance as being something that I'm, I should be thankful to have. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like one of those things that, um, you know, you don't think about all that often, but in reality it's kind of a big deal. I mean, Uh, We're seeing clients now because right now with those legacy brands that are used to writing a lot of policies, now that they've currently pulled out, hopefully temporarily, uh, writing new policies, people still need policies, which means now they're looking at smaller insurance companies who probably more recently were approved through the state of California. And so their pricing is probably more close to what the actual cost is in today's market, Uh, but they're not set up to service this volume. Um, and that's pushing a lot more people onto what's called the California fair plan, which is a, a plan that, um, you know, it comes with some higher cost. It doesn't provide as much coverage, uh, but it does help solve a problem if you can't find insurance.
1: Is it subsidized by the state or something when you say California fair plan? is it um, like state I, I don't or know something?
0: if it's subsidized through the state. I just know that it's managed through the state um, and it's designed to help people that can't get insurance in other locations to be able to get it through them. It, it, it does, in my opinion, come at a higher cost um it doesn't cover as much um it's not really designed to you know replace my watch if i lost it in a fire it's more designed to make sure we can get the house rebuilt and um you know don't quote me on all of those things but that's just what our our experience has been with the program the the question that we're going to have going forward now is that you know how long like uh AAA coming back in was nice but i've heard they're being fairly selective on what they're what they're working with i don't know that to be true 100 but Um, It would make sense though. I mean, if there's not a lot of competition, which policies are you going to insure? the ones that are, you know, lower risk or higher risk? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, so I would imagine some of that might be happening, but um, I I look now and I say, well, you know, I'm hopeful that the state's got uh, is paying attention now because consumers now are feeling the crunch when it comes to finding insurance. Uh, The cost is going up. um, But I have a bigger concern is that this is going, insurance is going up. The cost of insurance In my opinion, it's 99% certainty it's going to be higher next year than this year, period. Okay. Um, And I don't see that changing. Um, I can't see any scenario because they're making requests for increases. Once the state approves the increases, those increases, of course, then will be sold or presented to the consumer. Um, So insurance costs are going up. Essentially, we are now going to pay for the five years that we didn't see an increase at that that level. You know what I mean? They were trying to push it up faster, and they didn't.
1: So your concern is that it's going to, what, buy, it's going to hurt buyers even more when you have high interest rates and the fact that higher than normal insurance premiums, like suddenly they can't afford. I mean, that's, that's the problem, right? The downward yeah. pressure of the cost to actually buy the home.
0: Oh yeah. Well, it's going to play into your purchasing power because let's say that you were factoring previously, you were qualified and you were factoring in for $150 insurance payment. And now I'm telling you it's $300 a month. Yeah. Well, that, that $150 increase is going to have an impact on what you qualify for. So now we
1: have two headwinds
0: oh, yeah. before it was just
1: headwind tailwind, low inventory battling high interest rates. Now we have low inventory battling because it's still, it's like one of those things that, uh, it's going to affect certain people, but with inventory this low and with replenishment yeah. this hard yeah. to, to do it's there's still, it's still a battle.
0: Oh yeah, no, and it's going to, you know, I, my biggest concerns are, uh, in this topic is just shock. You know, how, how much shock will the consumer have when they go to obtain insurance um, or when they go to renew their existing insurance policy um, and they realize that the cost for insurance is going up across the board? Um, and again, I, I don't see any way to around that. I mean, the cost of, of servicing consumers is going up. Um, I don't think anybody's really arguing with the causes of it. I think the things I mentioned earlier are pretty pretty obvious. Um, but at the same time, you know, now that it's about to happen and people are really going to see that, 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 jump, I mean, and it's going to, it's not going to affect everybody the same, um, you know, because depending on where your home is located, it's going to have a pretty good impact on what your rates are going to be. So if you're closer to a higher rated fire station, or if you have a fire hydrant, uh, near your property and, you know, you have low fire, you know, consumables around your property because you're not on a green belt or you're not in the country, um, you're probably going to be better off, you know, so in a subdivision, essentially close to a good fire department. Um, but the further out you get, and let's say you lose that fire hydrant, let's say that uh, you do have a lot of vegetation around your home and you're far away from a, a, a fire station or your volunteer or your fire stations volunteer, you could expect to see a higher rate.
1: And so, okay, so that's obviously going to have a – it's going to slow down purchasing. I'm wondering if, if it's going to hurt the, the first-time buyers because they're probably not purchasing those rural properties, or are they? I mean, they're probably in <coughs> the, the subdivisions. Well, right? they're going
0: to – yeah, you're right. Um, I, I think that the first-time home buyer predominantly is going to purchase more closer into the city services and things like that. Um, but I would say that at the same time, their cost is going to be going up too because the the cost for replacement – uh, of a home is much higher than it was five years ago. And and so you have to insure for that. Uh, and the cost of servicing these policies because of all the inflation that we've experienced over the last three or four years um, is also going to have an effect um, on that policy too. So you have the replacement cost affecting your policy and then the actual servicing of that policy itself that's going up. So it, it, everybody's going to be paying more.
1: And this is a state thing. This isn't a federal thing. So the feds aren't going to like weigh right. this and say, Hey, let's, in, let's decrease interest rates a little bit to try to counter yeah. so this is like, no, this is you're on your own California. Yeah. You've got your own problem.
0: Yeah. I would say that Yeah, the fed has no tools for targeting California to help solve our insurance issue. So, um, no tools that I'm aware of. Um, you know, but there's, you know, different States in the union have different issues. I mean, you know, if you're in a hurricane alley in Texas somewhere, you're paying more in insurance. If you're in a, t- a tornado, Alley and you know the Midwest, you're Miami, paying, Florida. Yeah, you're paying insurance. Yeah, the Southeast. Yeah, you in the South, you know, every year. Florida, you get hammered. And yeah, um, and so sense. there's other places in the country that have experienced this. The difference with us is that and I don't know the laws of all the states I just mentioned, but again, going back to the law that the state of California passed in nineteen eighty eight, where our voters decided that, hey, you can't raise insurance policies in the state of California without the approval of our insurance commissioner. There's a lot of responsibility in the insurance commissioner, in my opinion, then to be very proactive with the insurance companies to make sure that they're not just advocating for the consumer. Because if you do, you don't have anybody to provide insurance to anymore. So the next big, the,
1: the big uh, valve on this would be that if the insurance commissioner adjusted those, what they could write those rates at, and then state farm would come back, also Correct. would come back. If they say Cause yeah. something that you said in there that could get lost on somebody is okay, these new insurance companies, why do they get to charge higher premiums? Like, well, because they just entered the California That's market. Right. So they submitted, look, this is what we'll charge. Yep. And State Farm's been here 30 years. And yep. so they have, you know, and if they haven't been able to raise their rates in five, six years, they're stuck at that rate from 2015, 16. Yep. Whereas, you know, Acme Insurance that entered in 2021, they're yep. like, so that's, and yeah. maybe that's in broad why terms
0: generally speaking. Yes. What you just said is very yeah. accurate in my opinion. So is
1: that maybe why AAA left for a little bit? There might be some period where they just have to leave and then they, they reintroduce themselves and it's kind of like they, like they were brand new. Is that yes.
0: Well, they, they couldn't, they had to stop, um, you know, funding these policies because they're at a loss. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they're not, they don't want to take on any more damage. And I would assume that they're probably taking losses on their existing customers too. I mean, I don't don't know their books, but, but I would, but we all know that it's much less expensive to retain a client than it is to create one. Mm -hmm. And so for them, they probably did the math and said, look, we're probably going to take some losses on servicing these policies over the next 12 months or whatever it was, their projections were until the commissioner eventually, uh, you know, approves our rate hike so we can get back into the insurance market writing policies. And uh, you know I'm I'm definitely going out into the weeds with this a little bit with you right now, but just to put some context for the consumer uh, that's watching this right now, and, and the takeaway is insurance is not going to be less expensive; it's going up, um, and it's going to have an effect on uh, purchasing power. Uh, and one last thing I would I would I would mention is that you know in the past I've gotten uh, you know those pestery uh, you know letters in the mail from your insurance courier that says hey you need to you know cut the trees around your property or whatever. Um, you know, or do this or do that. And I've, I've probably admittedly ignored some of those types of correspondence in the past because it didn't feel like it was that pressing of an issue. Mm -hmm. Well, today I would tell everyone you get, you get any kind of a notice like that from your insurance company. That's kind of, um, you know, putting some sort of a, a request in front of you that you need to comply with, or they might cancel you. They will probably cancel you. So do what they want you to do, you know? Uh, within reason, do it because if you lose your insurance, it's not easy. Right now, we have clients that are requesting appointments with insurance agents. In some cases, it's two weeks out. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I used to be able to call an insurance person and be in there this afternoon, and they used to call me. I know I didn't call them. Right. I had
1: to I had to deny their call. It was a, I would only take the ninth call.
0: No, it's, acre- so. it's it's incredible, you know, and so and I feel for the insurance companies right now; they can't write new policies. Because I mean, they're gonna to have to sell a whole lot of auto, they're gonna yeah. have to sell a whole lot of uh, home, you know, life insurance, and <laughs> they're gonna to have to do a whole lot of other things right now uh, to stay, you know, profitable until they can get that homeowner uh, insurance policy back.
1: So, as you're telling me all this, you know, my mind's kind of going like, what does this mean to different segments of the market? And I feel like it is, nothing's changed for the first time buyers. They still, you know, we have these historically low rents. Uh, yeah. Not rents as far as amounts, but rental yeah. the percentage yeah. right of vacancies, so that's pressure. You've got the inability to replace lower inventory at, at arguably some of the current pricing, right? Sure. And interest rates, which can come down, the big the big question is: Are they going to go up? Or are they going to come down? I, I'd have to think that they couldn't go up much more. Interest rates, interest rates, if they were much more, I mean, it's going to put
0: a grinding halt. Yeah. Well, today's the 16th, right?
1: I think so. All right. So today
0: the fed met, I'm sorry. uh, Today we got the reports back from, uh, from inflation. And it looks like we were only one point of a percent, not one full percent, but one tenth of a percent um, um, higher than what we anticipated. And some of the other numbers were nominal or exactly what they had projected. So the expectation is tomorrow. They won't raise the rates. They're calling it a skip. Mm-hmm. um, you know, basically saying, Hey, maybe the next time we might, but this time we probably won't, um, you know, tomorrow we'll know for sure. And by the time this video comes out, everybody will have the answer. My best guess is that they won't raise rates tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Cause uh, we're, we're, if I, I can't see another 5% increase, let's put it that way. I mean, no. we went from twos to seven, seven yeah. 5%. I mean, we're, we might fluctuate a quarter here, a half percent yeah. there, but I don't see it jumping up to 12%. You know, people yeah. always quote that like, Oh, in the late '70s, I paid 18 percent, yeah, but you also bought the house for 21,000 dollars. But anyway, sure. um, so I think that that headwind it's at its strongest force, is what I'm getting at, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think about, this might still be a great time for investors to buy at the lower end of the market, because, I mean, what are your alternatives? Uh, as far as investments, yeah. I, th- what I'm hearing is saying that housing is still a great investment. I'm not, and you have to be careful. Cause when I say that's like saying the stock market's really good. You can buy a bad yeah. stock yeah. and there's segments that, no, I would not from an investment standpoint want to buy at the high end of the market. Yeah. But I still think that that lower end of the market is just, yeah. it's like all the, all the forces are pushing against it and it's state and it's still stable, which tells you if any of those forces gives way, it's going to, it's going to
0: go up. Well, right. I, yeah. To an extent. I think yeah. i been
1: spending too much time at the horse track. Is that, <laughs> is that what it's
0: like, Come you, on. Lucky seven. Uh, yeah. Lucky seven. You know, I, well, I think, well, there's a big difference between real estate, the stock market gold, and in some of the other things that you might choose to invest in. The biggest difference is you can't live in gold, right? And mm-hmm. you can't live in the stock market. You can live in a house. And so, um, you know, housing tends to be, you know, a necessity to a certain extent, and then it becomes more of a, a an optional choice after invest, for investment and stuff like that later. Um, but shelter cost is a real thing. So you're either paying rent, right. To live somewhere, or you're going to live in a home that you're own, that you're purchasing one of the two and, and either one's fine. If you rent, you decided to pay 100% interest because nothing's going towards the principal. Um, or if you purchase, then you know then your portion of your mortgage payment is going towards interest, the rest is going towards principal, and you're paying down a mortgage balance. There's another difference. If you like a rental property, over time, does rents go up or down? Up. Of course they do, right? And on the real estate side, when you purchase a home and you secure a mortgage, right? does your mortgage necessarily have to go up anymore no. after that? No. No, not really, right? And you might have your insurance go up a little bit over time or Uh, the cost of uh, taxes perhaps over time, but your principal and interest payment for the most part are locked in unless you choose of your own choice to reduce the obligation by refinancing or what have you, right? Uh, And so those are the the big differences between the two. So if you were to take the situation we're in today where the vacancy rate in the state of California is 3.9%, there's not a lot of rentals available. And you look at the housing market with 580 units for sale, not a lot of homes for sale, right? What's going to change that fact pattern? Well,
1: I would say uh, interest rates coming down is going to change.
0: So let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. Interest rates go down by 2%. What's the corresponding effect to the market in your opinion? Oh, the prices go up dramatically. Okay. Uh, What's the reason why? So the the listener knows why.
1: Well, because now people can afford more. Their, their purchasing power has gone up. If that's the right. interest rates go down 2%, if they were looking at spending 280, now they they can get the exact same payment, mm-hmm. but probably get a house that's 340. Yeah. And so right? another
0: way to put it is that today's pricing for homes is currently reflective of what the interest rates are today. And, and now- which are, which are high. Are, which are high. For
1: us, for for <clears throat> the last 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's high higher for, than yeah. what it's been,
0: right? All right. And- is it, you know, and then the next question the person has to ask, and this gets into the crystal ball side of the question is like, do you think the rate environment will likely be higher in the future or lower? Well, go to inflation is inflation. look Like it's still going up or is it starting to moderate and, in, and coming down? I mean, nobody could argue that the rate of inflation has dropped.
1: From uh, a year ago, a yeah. year and a half ago when it was just like-
0: On fire, Going right? crazy, yes. Yeah, and yes. and it's and now it's down,
1: right? Like you said, it's 0.1 above what they thought it was going to be. Right, so, at this point. Yeah. So
0: it's coming down, and they're still continuing to put pressure um, on capital and on investment that's causing it to continue to go down. So it's more likely that they're going to have inflation under control over the next 12 months. I mean, I don't see, you know, there's this always that, that option that something could crazy happen, but- uh, it's likely that it's going to continue to go down. It'll take the pressure off the Fed to raise the rates. And if anything, the rates might likely start to go where? Down. Yeah. And if they do, like you said, what's that going to do to price? It's going to go up. That's how our consumers have to kind of kind of look at the picture a little bit broader and say, okay, well, this is what they are. Now, the only thing that can really change this and, and really change value, in my opinion, is supply.
1: Which we've established when you're talking about the Reading market, it's, it's almost impossible to enter the market with under 300,000, under 350.
0: Right. right. But what would it take for us to increase our supply right now? Cause these are the questions I keep myself up with asking. It's like, all right, you know, if people I- would want to sell. Okay. Which and, w- and where would they go? It, they'd have to be leaving. And where would they go? Idaho possibly, but Boise's down prices in Boise aren't as well as as strong as they were. So they're part, they're starting to get hit. Um, you know, and I'm I'm setting you up for obviously the conversation the way I'm putting it out there because I'm what I'm trying to do is, is illustrate a couple of things. When we saw a pretty good exodus about four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, for for different reasons, political mostly motivated is what I was seeing at the time. People were leaving the state; they were going to areas where the cost of housing was actually less than renting, if you can believe that. Yes. Okay. That is not necessarily the case for most of those destinations that I'm thinking of right now. Exactly. In most of those cases, those homes have far surpassed our market pricing. um, And now it's not easy for our folks in our area to move to those areas and get the same lower price that they were experiencing before. So if you were to sell right now, you'd be having to find a place that's less expensive in most cases than it is today to receive that same benefit, right?
1: Which would be very hard.
0: Really hard, really hard. And so where would you go? Cause that's one of the ways we could do it. If everybody decides to move, we have more inventory. There you go. Okay. Um, the next one that I thought about on this was, okay, well new construction, what's it going to take to increase the number of new housing units available for purchase in the marketplace? Cause right now we see them limping along. I mean, I don't, most builders that are watching this right now, I think they would all agree it ain't easy for them and God bless you for all the work you're doing. It's a lot of work out there.
1: Well, they're going to need one of two things. Either they're going to need for their costs to decrease mm-hmm. dramatically, or they're going to need the price of housing to go up uh, much higher than the the supply, the, the components to build the home so that they actually have a profit margin again.
0: Okay. Right. Well, um, agreed. So let's break those into two pieces right now. So okay. we have, um, let's go to the supply side of this. So the mm-hmm. cost of supplies and goods going down, right? Right. We know the lumber went down. I think we talked about that in here in we a previous did. podcast. Um, but if you look at the appliances and some of the other machining products that are necessary to facilitate a home, um, those are purchased now on the world market, essentially. Um, and the economies in which we're competing against with those things, they're, they're inflation. They're, they're all still experiencing higher inflation than we are. Um, and so there's a lot of demand for product right now that can be sold you know, around the world. Uh, lumber is a bit more local than you would think Most of our wood that's uh, uh, created lumber wise here in the United States is actually produced in North America. Uh, I don't think very much of it's in South America but uh, but it's certainly in North America. Um, you don't see it coming from overseas in Europe you know so that's why lumber by itself you've seen the numbers drop as much as it has for again the things we talked about earlier um, so there so that's one piece of that. The other thing is the um, uh, labor side. You know, labor potentially could come down a little bit, but not a ton. Right. I was about to say, I don't see that because
1: of what you just said about inflation, the cost of yeah. housing. I mean, if they're, if, if labor comes down, what are, what are they going to do for a living? How, right. are gonna, how are they going to, how are they going to live?
0: Yeah. And, and it might come down a little bit. I I'm, I'm a bit more bearish on that than the most on that. I think it could soften a bit, but, uh, but still not a lot, not enough to no. where it's going to be night and day. And so, so I guess we could say that maybe the cost of construction could come down, but not a lot. Would you agree with that? Agreed. Okay. So now let's look at the other side. They need housing prices to go up, right? Exactly. So in order for us to have more inventory, that could have an effect on value. We need to see prices go up. How does that happen?
1: Interest rates come down. I mean, obviously we're low inventory, so that 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 driving tailwind is mm-hmm. is constant. Mm-hmm. That's a constant right now, and it won't get taken care of unless there's uh, you know a ton of supply, which is. I mean, you're going to, see, I think you're going to see that coming way before it happens. That's because it takes so long. Yeah. If you today decided that you were going to build a subdivision, I mean, yeah. you're not going to have product hit market for no. well over a year. I well, right. well over a year. Yeah. So you'll see a lot of, when you see a bunch of projects going on, something you brought up, it was either the last or the, the I think it was the time before where you were like, how many new per, um, housing permits had been pulled in the yeah. year? And it was I like seven.
0: Well, what was the year before seventy yeah.
1: or sixty nine or something like that?
0: Yeah, this is through April. And uh, I looked actually just prior to this meeting today just to see if we had an updated from the city and they, they don't they haven't updated yet since April. They probably saw the number in April So We're not getting a venue maze now. Yeah. <laughs> but it was seven year to eight, uh, at the end of April. Uh, and it was 63, uh, I'm sorry, the year before it was 70 at the same time yeah. through April. So a, a decline of 90%.
1: Yeah. So you're, so you're going to see that coming is what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. It's not going to, uh, you know, wake, go to bed on a Tuesday and wake up Wednesday and there's 400 new homes. You're right. It's going to, you're going to see that coming. That's right. So it's gotta be, it's gotta be interest rates coming down. Mm-hmm. The insurance thing isn't going to be settled. I guess if the, uh, no, it's not going to be settled because even if the insurance commissioner said, okay, I'm going to let you guys increase your rates, that's increased rates to the consumer. Exactly. So that's not going to come down. Uh, I mean, the best you could do is they let 15 people increase their rates and then 15 insurance, everybody comes back and then they start to squabble a little bit and they try to get that profit margin you know, down and that's as the the low only only as possible. Can, that's, the that's the only tiny. thing they can yeah, it's yeah. the only thing
0: they can file down is just a little bit of the profit margin, but the cost of replacement's still there, the cost of servicing the policy is still there, and maybe a little bit of the profit when there's competition, which it needs to have. Um, and ease of service too. I mean, like I said, we have clients waiting two weeks for insurance. I don't want to repeat that, but that's I mean, that's what's going on. It's it's taken a while to get people in. But um, so I agree with you. I think interest rates would be a way to to potentially uh, push those prices up. Um, another thing that could happen that, that we can talk about for just a brief minute would be is that we'd have to have some sort of an influx of buyer demand that exceeds what we currently have. And so for example, Aren't we already there. Well, no, I'm talking about like, let's say that a plant was to move to town and bring a thousand jobs. Ah, with. Got it. it.
1: Okay. Something right? new.
0: Yeah. Something new that we're not really thinking of. And if a plant came to town, it brought a thousand jobs with it. And Let's say that uh, as a result of that, there was going to be 400 homes purchased off the existing market. Well, then that would cause prices to go up. Builders would be like, "Thank you very much," and now they can provide some supply. Um, but I'm I'm not aware of that thousand jobs. So please, nobody ever come can come back to me and say that I said that because I don't I don't know of any job right now that's coming to town that does that. But
1: well, in economics, um, you know, I'm I'm not an economist, but I I play one in my garage. <laughs> uh, I know that there's this uh, there's some terms around replacement. Right. So like when they would do like the whole CPI, the consumer price yeah, index and the yeah. basket of goods and they say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to replace sirloin right. with chopped, you know, with hamburger, yeah, yeah. Right. And so I wonder one of the other things that could do is it, alternative. You see the ADUs being built in people's backyards. Sure. Although that didn't really, uh, I think part of the problem, you know, that's like, that was a great idea that was like, Hey, you can have a thousand square foot house for yeah. $390,000. Yeah. And wait, what? That's not a good deal. Wh- yeah. wh- what? What? the whole idea is money. A, it'll be great. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Your friends will love it. Uh, it was like, I thought it was supposed to be some type of affordable solution and it ended up not really being affordable for various reasons.
0: Yeah. I think, I think what the second dwelling has done is for some people, it's an extra, uh, you know, unit and you know, maybe they were able to get the cost down to a point where it penciled out for them. But I think what really what it did was it created some flexibility for hey, if I want kids on my property, if I want my mom on yeah. my property, yeah. I mean, there were some pretty stringent rules that even the city was hand tied. I think that they were kind of happy, actually, I think, when the state came up and said, hey, you know, you're going to have to provide for additional housing units. And here's one of the ways in which we want to see you do it. And it gave them some cover from the general plan to be able to deviate from it and allow for secondary units on properties. Cause there were some pretty tight rules for a while. And I think overly excessive. I think as you say
1: all that, something else popped into my head was that um, we're probably going to see alternative housing projects. So we're going to see more apartments, maybe some, some townhome like, you know, not necessarily condos, yeah. maybe even condos, but something that's like, Hey, we're not single family homes on a large lot. Yep. is not going to cut it right now. People aren't going to be yeah. able to do it, but we've got these, you know, two, one units. And yeah. we've got 70 of them that we're going to build because then what you're going to do is you're going to get investor money. Yeah. You
0: know what I mean, that's, yeah. who's
1: going to build. It's not going to be Bob building. It's really going to be yeah. investors. I agree. Right?
0: Well, I think that, yeah, multifamily, people got to
1: live, they got to live somewhere.
0: They do. And multifamily can solve the, the problem much faster than me just adding an ADU on my property. Yeah, they, What I do appreciate about the policy though, is that it, essentially they're saying, Hey, we're not going to just take one approach. We're going to take a lot of different approaches and let's just start working on the problem. Um, but we still have the cost of construction that that's a real deal you know, issue. And, um, you know, it does create some issues for people to be able to do it. Um, you know, I think multifamily is going to be a way to solve a lot of it for the state. Um, you know, but there's that, you know, not my backyard mentality that, you know, most people have and I, I would too. I mean, so wants to build a massive apartment complex next to my house. I'm going to try not to let it happen, you know, and it's not that I'm, you know, selfish. It's just that I didn't buy my house thinking that I was going to have that 12, that massive apartment building next to me. Um, and so I can appreciate where people are coming from. There's no easy answers to it, but I think that we we kind of all know that California's housing is extremely expensive. And um, if we don't want our kids to move to other States, we're going to have to solve it. Yeah. You know, bottom line.
1: So I, I, I... It, I feel like we didn't really solve anything today. No, Josh. I don't feel well, like but, you and I came up with an answer. <laughs> I feel like we just stated the facts.
0: Well, I kind of wanted—I wanted you know? to, I wanted, uh, you know, today's conversation. I really just wanted people to kind of hear big, bigger picture, like, hey, there is an issue going on with insurance, and I'm afraid it's going to hit mainstream in the next you know week or two.
1: Sounds like it already has.
0: Um, well, I mean, people
1: are waiting two weeks to get. I mean, you're you're at the I'm forefront because you're it. seeing escrows and you're seeing like what normally would be yeah. like, hey, we'll just get we'll get insurance on day 21. You're like, no, no. Day, day seven we have to book an appointment for day 21 and then hope that we can get a premium that you can afford.
0: Yeah. Really like day one.
1: So you're, you're at the front, you're at the front of
0: the line. No, we're feeling it. Last week is when I made, I, I brought this conversation. In fact, the email that I gave out to our, our clients or to our agents and our team was on Thursday last week. And it was uh, because I, I wanted to make sure everybody was aware. Look, look, we have this issue all last week from like Monday till Thursday last week. I was running into it more and more. And um, I, you know, by the end of the week, I had talked to enough people that I was like, oh no, this isn't good. This is going to be a challenge. This is, this is a headwind for now. Yeah. Um, the good news is, is that I, I truly believe that by Q3, Q4, um, some of those legacy brand issues that we're seeing, I think they're going to be back. Okay. Um, and that'll take off the pressure of at least getting an appointment. So you think
1: the insurance commissioner, the pressure will, they'll make, they'll make, I, I don't hope something.
0: so. I mean, I, I, I don't know how they would possibly think it's a good idea to have some of our largest insurance companies in the nation, not participating in California.
1: I'd love to know more about that. California, what do you call it? California fair fund or safe yeah, Car- fund? Uh,
0: California fair plan,
1: California fair plan. I'd like a little bit, I'd like to know a little bit more knowing more on how that works. Yeah. Because if that's like, oh, it is subsidized by the state. Well, that would put pressure yeah. from the governor, and yeah. the, you know what I mean. If they're like, hey, yeah. wait a minute, you, you're, 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 we're paying for point. this. Yep. But if it's like, no, it's it's part of a fund that's controlled by an LLC out of Montana. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I, I, mean? I don't know. You know me, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Well,
0: theorists. You know, I assume all you know. of our listeners, welcome to jump on and try to figure it out. But I, I think that it's definitely something that's spons- uh, sponsored or overseen by the state. Um, it's, like I said, it's more expensive. Uh, it, it's designed to provide insurance in situations where you can't really find the private or, you know, the private market, the private side of the, uh, insurance equation to solve it for you. But what a lot of people do is they'll get the fire insurance premium or policy through the California fair plan. And then they end up getting a, like a renter's policy.
1: Ah, supplemental. Uh,
0: yeah. Supplemental okay. policy through a, like a farmer's or state totally. farm or all state. Or, and so know, they will or, do that then. Um, who's that?
1: The, the, those insurance companies will do the supplemental insurance
0: uh, on new policies right now. Yes. I don't think so. Oh, no, that's the thing. I, I think they're, Oh, you think that might be the solution? Well, no, I'm saying they're doing that. They're, they're doing that right now, but now, right now, some of those bigger companies aren't writing new policies. So you have to go to smaller companies to get those policies. Got it. Okay. Um, and so it's, a. um, um We're, this is the area where it's going to start getting, you know, getting interesting and dicey. Um, we're running into it right now with our consumers trying to find insurance is number one. Um, and then the cost of the insurance after the sticker shock is, is number two. Um, and then everybody's asking, well, will it go back down? And it's like, it might go down a little bit from what it could be today at this point, but it, but it's going to be higher than it's been in the past. Uh, cost of insurance for all of us in California is going up.
1: There's no way around it.
0: No way around it. Not not right now. Not anything
1: you and I can do.
0: No, there's nothing. Clear the weeds around your house, trim
1: back the bushes. That's right. uh, Make sure your smoke detectors, batteries are, I mean, small little things.
0: Yeah. Do the little things, right. The, to not lose your policy. We had a, I bought a a rental property. um, Well, not to rent, but to fix and then resell it. And they had a wood burning stove in it. And they made a request it's that gotta go. Yeah. They wanted me to do an inspection on the stove, which we did. And then we found out that the stove was not within the inches that it needed to be away from the wall or whatever. And uh, so my office manager came to me and says, well, what do you want to do? And I said, just pull it out. You know, it, it doesn't mean code. I don't want to sell it without it meeting code. So just get it out of the house. Um, and then we took a picture of it, sent it to the insurance carrier before they canceled me. I had another property purchased here this last year, and the, um, they told me I had to replace the roof, which the roof was replaced right before I purchased it, but I had to furnish what? reports. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had to furnish reports to prove it. Okay. And um, you know they, they said that they saw some peeling, peeling paint that they wanted for the insurance company. i never had an insurance company ask me that. They wanted my peeling paint to be addressed, and, uh, which was the property manager that owned the property before. They took their sign down. And so this, the, the picture or the, 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 uh, the, the wall was painted the old house color before they got painted. Right. Yeah. So I had to fix that. Never had that ever happen before. And then there were some trees that I had to cut back, which I thought were, were valid. And I think we needed to do it too. But, um, but I mean, I was like, I talked to the insurance person. I'm like, man, I mean, how much time do I have? He's like, don't mess around, get it done now. <laughs> but these were like little things that were popping up several months ago that I wasn't catching as being issues. And, you know, just one-offs, one-off, a one-off. And then this last few weeks, I'm like, whoa, 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 this is like a blow dryer. It's hot.
1: So really the only two things that we should really, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of waiting with bated breath on interest rates, Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing, it, it's, it's nothing can be done,
0: right? No, yeah. I mean, it's, and well, and for those who are sitting out there going, well, should I wait, you know, or should I you know, pull the trigger now? It's like, look, I don't know what your plans are next, but again, shelter cost is a real thing. If you rent, well, you know that, you know what the market's doing right now, it's 3.9% vacancy rate. You're likely going to have pressure on your rent prices going forward. Uh, and if you purchase right now, um, you know, there's not as many homes to choose from, but there are, you know, people are buying homes every day. Um, and then, you know, when the rates do eventually come back down, you have the option to refinance if that's what you decide to do. But uh, there's no easy, there's no easy answers right now.
1: You know, what we didn't get to talk about that used to be like a, a staple in our conversation was the... Uh, uh, what's the term it's the absorption rate or it's the, the rate of replenishment. R- thank you. Rate of replenishment. Mm-hmm. You don't have, I, I'm putting you on a spot. No, I do. But I'm curious because we, we always used to, we used to discuss that number a lot because yeah. we were in such a hot sellers market and we started inching up and yeah. we went neutral and we thought we were going to buyers and we never did. We came yeah. right
0: back down. So new listings that came to the market and this is for the month of May, uh, 350 a year ago in the month of May was 412. So new inventory coming to market was down to 15% year over year. Uh, homes that went pending, uh, last month was 266. Uh, a year ago, it was a little over 280. So Um, so, yeah, so less
1: inventory, but same volume of movement.
0: Yeah. So what we're starting to see is this, I think next month's market update, I'll be doing the one that's like the five minute one. For Mm -hmm. those of you that watch that, um, the five minute one that I do next month, the numbers will be very close from this year over last year. Okay. And the reason why is because when interest rates went up last year, those big jumps were done by the July, you know, I mean, not that they were done, but they, you know, those big jumps, the shock, the shock was over. Yeah. Was, uh, by July and things started to, to people, you know, the sales had already dropped as a result of that. And so we're going to start to see numbers that are going to be much closer together. Starting next month is what, what, what we're anticipating.
1: Do you have the replenishment rate in there?
0: Uh, for last year?
1: No, for this, uh, for this last month.
0: Well, again, it was 350 was the new listings that came to market. Okay. Uh, And a year ago it was 412.
1: Because I was, no, remember how we had the X number of months? Oh, you mean the absorption rate? That's what I was, the absorption rate.
0: 2.8 supply. See, that's seller market. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're still. Under three. Yeah, that's right. right? We're at the tail end of the seller's market right now. And it feels that way because, you know, if you talk to, uh, you know, agents on our team, for sure, but uh, I would imagine with other agents in the market, when a home is priced correctly out the gate right now. It's not unlike you're going to have competing offers on it, which is crazy. We have these headwinds in the marketplace, but we have competing offers, and um, and that's because the inventory is sitting around five seventy five, five eighty right now. Um, but it's not. But like, if I were to tell you, like, I'll give you an example. I won't give you the street just in case something happens, and I want to make sure those people enjoy the benefit of another sale. Um, but uh, we had a property here this week, and then we sold. Um, they had something like six offers on it. And I talked to um, uh, the agent that was representing the property on our team. And I said, well, you know, how much higher did it go over price? And it went over price by 10,000, six offers. So we priced it on the nose and we got competing offers on it, but it didn't sell for that much more than asking price. And that's, that's pretty telling because in COVID you would have, you know, listed at a price, received six offers and sold it for 60,000 over asking price. Um, and that tells you that the consumer today is up against that stubborn wall of affordability. They'll do everything they can to be competitive on their offer. But at the end of the day, they could only go up to 10,000 over. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's what happened in that So situation. it's not a crazy
1: market. There is pressure there, but it's not, it's not. Yeah. And that's know.
0: a one-off. I mean, that's one example. And I'm trying to pick the one that was pretty stunning to me. I, we've had other ones where that's gone 30 or 40,000 over, but um, that's usually when the selling price is much higher and there's a pool involved and maybe some other extra things that really, you know, can sway the valuability or the value to a per, per, uh, to a person. But um, but that's an example. I mean, we feel like it, it's pretty tight.
1: Yeah. But you know what? Those numbers say that you're in a seller's market and the yeah. sellers did sell it and yep. they sold it for more than they were asking. Mm-hmm. So those are all, it's not crazy hot market, but it is yeah. a seller's market. It is for all the, the, all the reasons. And that's just to me, um, if you are thinking about, uh, selling, those are good signs. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it's that those are really good signs. And if you're thinking about buying back to what you said, I mean, it depends on what kind of buyer these are very different. You know, if you're renting, you're paying hundred percent interest. That's right. And if you can't afford a mortgage, that's the big mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. is, can you afford the payment? That's right. But if you can, and you're a first time buyer, this, I, I, you got, you're so, you're so politically right when you talk. Now you make me want to not say something that I'm going to find myself in court later. And you said, you know, what I was thinking, like, the market looks good now versus like, oh, yeah, but interest rates. Yes, but fast forward a couple of years and interest rates have come down. You can refinance and you don't have to pull equity out. You could just refinance what you owe at a lower rate and not go shopping. You know what I mean? There's this, a lot of people don't know that. So there's a little public service announcement. When you refi for a better rate, you can just pay off what you, you owe. Yeah. And that's how you get even more equity yeah. in your home and pay it off sooner. Well, anyway. mo-
0: most of the people in this that have, have owned homes. So, so for the listeners out there, if you've owned your home for 20 years or, long, or more, ask yourself the question, is your home worth more today than it was 20 years ago? Yeah. If you were to be in the market 10 years ago and you ask yourself the question, okay, I bought a house 10 years ago. Is my house worth more today than it was 10 years ago? Yeah. If you owned your house five years ago, it was when you bought it. And you own your house today and you ask yourself the question, is my house worth more today than it was five years ago? The answer is most likely going to be most answered. likely. Yes. And so it's continuing that, that, that is the theme of real estate most of the time. And there's exceptions to the rule, but, uh, but I would say that more times than not, it's, it's going to be a good investment for the long term. And it's a, it's a forced savings account. It's a hedge against future housing shelter costs. Um, you have a tax savings for home ownership in many cases. Um, somebody, um, you know, you're, you're, you're paying down your mortgage balance while you're paying to live there. And, uh, that's why I say it's different in real estate than it is in owning a stock or owning a piece of gold is because you can't live in those other two asset classes, but you can live in your home. And, uh, it, it, to me, it's, it's still one of the best investments. If you haven't made one into real estate and you need a place to live, this is a great place to start your investing if, uh, for your life, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you know, so, um, for those reasons, I still love real estate and have a huge affinity for it.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So well, I I didn't know if you had anything else you wanted to yeah, go over. This it was kind of a big one. It was um, tackled a big topic, and we'll we see did. how it plays out over the next month. Yes, I got a feeling we're going to be talking about next month. Uh, see, we'll this,
0: see. We'll see what it is. Hopefully, you know. We, hopefully, we get to report that some of these insurance companies are, you know, at the tail end of their exodus and coming back into the market and. Um, we're going to be, you know, excited to hear the good news on that. But, uh, for all the listeners out there, this was really, this, this one today was more about your guys's requests. Uh, we had a lot of people asking, uh, for us to get into this topic here, um, in the last week or so. And I thought, you know what? I think you're right. I think it's, I think it's a big enough situation. And we probably should talk about it. So, um, a big fat disclaimer and Marcus, help us out with this buddy. Um, make sure that we put on our podcast here that these are opinions and they should actually be ignored in most cases. Fair enough?
1: We'll do. All right. I will do that. All right,
0: then. Joy, thanks. Again my legal for your advisor. That's here. right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for your time. Thank buddy. you, Josh. If you're enjoying the all things real estate podcast, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.